Hi, welcome to Capital Stories. In this podcast, we talk to real people about real issues and explore intersections of life and faith to encourage you in your personal walk with Jesus. Yes, it's Eric here. And so let me pull back the curtain a little bit behind our planning on some of this project. So Tara and I sit down, usually on a Thursday morning, and we map out some ideas for who we might want to talk to. Um, And by the way, if you have a story to share or you have questions you want us to dig into, that invitation always stands to let us know about it. So pop us an email at stories at capitalchurch.com with some of those details. But anyway, a couple months ago, we had the idea to talk about the Advent conspiracy Mm -hmm. concept around this time of year. So we ourselves sent an email to the info at email account for that organization, (laughs) just saying like, hey, we have this podcast and can we talk to you about your ideas, please? And partially kind of expecting that we'd need to come up with a plan B because, you know, we're just reaching out to the info ad account. Um, But how's that for faith and optimism? Lo and behold, though, we got a response. I know. So not long after that, we had an interview with Greg Holder, one of the co-authors of The Advent Conspiracy. A lot of you might be familiar with this concept, but essentially it's an invitation and a pretty practical yeah, invitation. Totally. Like here's, here's how, some here's some do. things to yeah. think about and some, some ways to do it each week leading up to Christmas to make Christmas not about just stuff and right. get so distracted by all the consumering and, and the material. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's not in a cliche sort of way, but, but, but in a intentional way that infuses the holidays with more worship, with more yeah. creativity right. in our gift giving and mm-hmm. thoughtfulness and with fuller relationships. Yeah. So it's super fun to talk to Greg and we hope that you enjoy this conversation with him on Capital Stories. So we are here with Greg Holder, one of the co-authors of The Advent Conspiracy. And Greg, we're really excited to have you and to talk to you today about some timely things as we approach the Christmas season. So thanks for being here with us. Absolutely. It's a thrill to be with you guys. To kick us off, I guess I want to hear from you, the co-author of this. What is the 30,000-foot view of what the Advent Conspiracy is? Can you just walk us through what it is and maybe the timeline of how it got started? There's a conspiring that we're inviting people to join in wherein we celebrate really the beauty and the worship that is that is at the heart of the true Christmas story. So maybe I just give you the backstory a little bit. Chris C. and Rick McKinley and myself, we are friends, and we were together at some point years ago, and we were lamenting, and I mean that in the in the true sense. There really wasn't like a, a complaining or a, we hate Christmas kind of a thing. There was a lamenting on the backside of the Advent season and saying to each other, I feel like maybe I missed it this year or mm. or some of my folks missed it this year. And we just got so caught up in the busyness that is inherent with this season. We missed it. We missed that opportunity for awe and for wonder and for worship. And so it really honestly started out a little bit about us and our people and going, let's, we don't want that. We don't want to, we don't want to get to the end of December exhausted. And then it started rolling out. Wait a minute. We don't want our people getting into January and picking up a credit card bill and going, wait, so that's how I'm celebrating Christmas? So it it motivated us to start this conversation, the three of us, about what would it be like to lead our three churches? So one's in St. Louis, one's in Houston, one's in Portland. So you can imagine different churches in some ways, but of course, similar and we got to these four tenets. And so that this is really the, the heart of the conspiracy and us inviting you to conspire with us. Worship fully, 
Christmas begins and ends with Jesus and our worshiping him as the one true king. He is the world's one true Lord. And so we, we worship him and we celebrate that at Christmas. You certainly see it in the story. The second thing is this idea of spending less. But this is where sometimes people go, ooh, so you guys are anti-gift giving. Not at all. The gifts are at the core of the Christmas narrative. Jesus is the gift. The Magi bring gifts. And so, so of course, gifts are a part of this. But when we say spend less, we're, we're talking about not spending money, buying each other gifts that nobody's going to want anyway. So no more peach candles and... <laughs> well, exactly. And, you know, and I, I remember one year uh, before we did this and it, we were rushing to a party somewhere. And this is way back in the day. So I'm going to date just how long ago this was because we stopped at a mall. Maybe some of your listeners <laughs> remember those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People would stop at these cathedrals of whatever. And <laughs> we rushed in to get a present for a party. For someone. Yeah. And even as I was walking back out to the car, I was like, what are we doing? There, there's no mm -hmm. thought to this. They're not going to want this. So there are some interesting statistics we can go into if you want about how we get, we get suckered into this mm -hmm. and, and spending. So we just said, let's spend less. Let's give more. Wait a minute. Now it sounds like I'm contradicting myself give more relationally. And when we say relationally, we come back to the Christmas story. And of course, the most relational gift ever, Jesus born to us, given to us as our savior. Okay. What would it be like for you and I to give each other gifts that celebrate relationship, that lean into relationships? So we can do this in a way that maybe it's something that is handmade, doesn't have to be. You don't have to be an arts and craftsy kind of person to, to be a part of this. I am not an arts and craftsy kind of person, but you can give gifts that celebrate relationship with each other. I'll give you one example. When we first started this, there was a young man, I'm going to say he was in his 20s, and he gave his dad, this is in the book, he gave his dad a bag of coffee beans. And you're thinking, well, okay, so his dad likes coffee. There was, there was just one little instruction with it, dad, you were only allowed to drink this coffee with me. And so what happens over the course of the many times that you grind those beans, you make that coffee, you sit down. He said, I want to hear stories about you. I want to hear stories about how you became the man you became. you got to tell me your stories. And we're the only two people that can drink this coffee. Well, you can imagine what that did to that dad. It's a bag of coffee beans. Big deal. No, it wasn't. It was a relational gift. He gave more. So there's worship fully, spend less, give more, and then corporately as for us, it was as a church. We've seen this happen with small groups. We've seen this happen with nonprofits that have said, wait, we're going to do this. You can do this however you want it. Families can do this. But with some of the money that we saved from not buying Uncle Murray that sweater that he was never going to wear anyway, <laughs> what if we took some of that money and pulled it together and gave it to those that Jesus describes as the least of these. And so that gets us to the last tenet, which is love all. So for us at our church, that became the global water crisis and saying, wait, we want money to leave the building in honor of Jesus on this day. And we want it to go to those that are the least of these. And so for us as our church, it just became a, a, a month long thing where people were saved their money. They would gather their money. And then at Christmas, we would take this offering 
And then that would all leave the building. We made sure that that offering, it still does. It leaves the building. And mm -hmm. so it's worship fully, spend less, give more, love all. Those are the tenets. And it started low these many years ago now, and it's caught on around the world. I would say that's your 30,000 foot view of it. And then we can jump into mm -hmm. details yeah. as you want. That's very helpful to kind of give the, the picture of this. Um, I'm curious to hear a little bit more of your thoughts on the spend less piece, because I think that maybe this is arguable, but in my mind, that's one of the, the perhaps most countercultural ideas of the season, maybe here in America specifically, but absolutely to talk about that a bit. Like, do you receive like criticism of, well, you're just being a Scrooge. You're not, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, you can. Certainly. I'll give you a funny story. When this first launched and it really caught on around the country, we dropped a, a video that we produced. And all of this stuff, by the way, for churches, it, it's all open sourced, open handed stuff. If any church wants to participate in this, we make the videos, we make the, the artwork, we make all of these things. It's just free. Yeah. That's helpful. And we'll throw that in the resources too, by the way. It's adventconspiracy.org. Yeah. We'll make sure that That's people it. get That's their hands it. on that. Yeah. And so churches, small groups, they will do this. Well, the first video that we produced, it struck a nerve. And so it trended on YouTube in a serious way. And so now we've got CNN, we've got Fox News, we've got all of these guys wanting to interview us and say, so what's going on here? It all kind of happens in that moment. I won't tell you which national news channel it was, but I will say that I'm on this interview and I'm doing all this. They went at me for a minute on, well, we feel like this might be anti-American because you're saying don't spend money and all of this. And this was coming out of out of a, a, a recession. And so it was a really interesting conversation to say, no, I'm really not. In fact, what I would suggest to you is from a fiscal perspective, this is really smart because, and so now I've got some stuff that I will share with you. The National Retail Federation just a couple of weeks ago. So this is uh, like end of October, 2021. So this is fresh, right? So this is fresh. So the NRF projects that 859 billion, that was with a B, will be spent this Christmas. Okay. Now those numbers exclude car dealerships and gas stations and restaurants and any number of other stuff that gets spent at Christmas time. So we're talking hundreds mm -hmm. of billions of dollars get spent. But where it really comes into play is, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you how to spend your money, but when you start to talk about people who are going into debt, because of this. Now, I think we're at a place where as Christ followers, we get to go, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I really don't think Jesus wants us to rack up a, a credit card bill to celebrate his birth so that we wake up in January going, oh no, I'm further in the hole. I personally just don't think that is good stewardship. And I, I really don't think that helps the economy. So when we say uh, give gifts, we are absolutely about giving gifts. And I will tell you this, Eric, when you when you say Scroogey, you know, uh, one of the fears that people have, it's dispelled almost immediately. The first people who get this when you explain it to them are kids. I'm telling you, churches throughout the country have told us this. Our people have told us this. When you sit down with them, particularly if you can. Now, they don't care about what the National Retail Federation <laughs> says. But but what they do care about is, oh, wait, so this is what Christmas is about. Yeah. And we get to now participate in something that's going to help 
kids around the world. So for us, again, because of the water crisis, we start to paint this vision with our in our kids' ministries, and and the kids hmm. are the ones who get it. Like I, I remember not long ago, it was a few years ago now, but and this these stories happen all the time, where a a, a little world changer just went to his grandparents and said, "I want you to know, I still want that one gift." Right? I mean, we talked about that. I really hope I get that for Christmas, but I don't want anything else. And so, will you please promise me? Now you think about this. This is like a seven, eight-year-old, ten-year-old mm-hmm. kid saying, "Will you please promise me that you'll give the rest of that money mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Living Water International, mm-hmm. which is the organization that we partner mm-hmm. with?" Because there are kids around the world my age who don't have clean drinking water. These grandparents were blown away, and now they're going, "Wait a minute, how does this work?" Yeah. So I'm just telling you, mm-hmm. kids are the ones that get it, and they also are the ones that give really mm-hmm. great relational gifts. Yeah. I mean, you think about it; that's that's all they can give, right? Is that we love that when they give us those gifts, but to participate with mom and dad, and now we're doing something for grandma, and it, they get it. They they get it. So we are all about gift giving. We're just saying a pile of presents four feet high around the tree where everybody is binging on Christmas morning and nobody's even talking to each other. I'm just going to go ahead and say, I don't think that you end up at the end of the day feeling as full as you do if you do it. Like with my family, there's lots of gifts, but they are meaningful gifts and and you take your time because like every one of them has a story. Mm. You know, so somebody's saying, like I remember my wife, this is a couple of three years after her dad had died. Kids and I are all doing our things and everybody, we all stop and listen to each other's gifts. Well, the gifts from Texas were now being opened. Okay. So my wife's from Texas. I heard an audible gasp and, and we all stopped and I'm like, are you okay? And Robin, my wife said, mom is telling me about this gift that I'm about to open. And she said, it's going to remind me of daddy. And I'm like, oh boy, oh mm-hmm. boy. So she opens this gift. It's a pillow. At this point, you're going, okay. Okay. (laughs) It's a pillow that she had made of his favorite Mm. ties. Mm. So her dad was a basketball coach. So all of these ties. So you can look and see. It's it's, it's a tie pillow. And she's now crying. And I'm like, sweetie, that's just like the coolest thing. She goes, no, you got to do this. And she puts her face up in it. She goes, I can still smell Mm. his cologne. Now we're all just going like this. And we're like, and her mom helped us celebrate a relationship. Mm, Oh, gosh. That's beautiful. That's a a Christmas moment. You're not going to have that if you're just ripping through the latest this or that or the other. So anyway, I don't think that's Scroogey. I think those are really full, rich gifts. I have to jump in. I have to say a couple things. One, my daughter informed us recently that she only wants two gifts for Christmas because she said, it just stresses me out when there's too much. And I had to sort of process that myself, right? Because I'm like, um, well, okay. That was her. She said, she initiated that. Mom, I just, I really only want two gifts for Christmas. It's just, it's so much. It just really stresses me out. And then coupled with what you're talking about right now, which is sort of an action item, I guess, if you will, which is just to do something thoughtful for somebody else, take some thought, take some planning. There you go. That's it. Take some time. 
take some advanced thought. You know, I, I, I remember I was so going with it, going with the book, and we were talking about it during our weekly meetings. And it's like, as Christmas gets closer, there's this thing that happens inside you that's like, um, yeah. I should probably run to that <laughs> thing called the mall, like that big box, you know, with like the stores in it <laughs> yeah. that this right, year, like right, hopefully right, would have anything right. in them and like get the <laughs> stuff because then I'll feel better. And I'll be like, okay, you know, and, and clearly I can see the wrong thinking in that, but it's just this weird phenomenon that happens and you start getting like, you know, pummeled by these thoughts of it's not going to be enough, which we can just go mm, there. Right. right. But I, I yeah. thought when she said that this year, huh? Huh? I have to honor that. But those two yeah. things yeah. don't have to mean that she gets less. If they're thoughtful, right? if they took some effort yeah. and some energy and some planning, man, they could mean a whole lot more. Oh, you're giving more. You're giving more. You're just not being suckered into the lie that the cash amount that I spend on a gift makes it more important and more enjoyable. Or just the sheer number. Right. Or the sheer number. But for me, Tara, when you were describing it, I'm thinking now when you say that, I'm like, oh, you know what? Honestly, for me, one of the things I had to get let go of, still have to let go of, is my identity gets a little bit wrapped up in this. And there's, you know, I'll just say it. You kind of want to wow people and go, hey, mm-hmm. look at that. <laughs> and it's it that cannot be what this is about. It's got to be about serving them and loving them and giving more. And And honestly... We have found kids to just be thrilled with the kinds of gifts of, I didn't just buy you a, mm. a baseball glove. I bought me one. And play together. And we're going <laughs> to oh, have a catch, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it seems like, and you're like, well, that's, yeah. all, that's all I wanted, mm-hmm. Dad. I want, that's it. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I wanted. You're spot on that you have to be intentional yeah. about this. You have and, to be intentional. And, you know, I think we forget because the number of catalogs we get that we think I can't think of what somebody wants that I love. I need to look at that catalog Mm. to show me what it is that they might like. I can't come up with that idea on my own. I need to see, ooh, look at that weird t-shirt. Look at that whatever (laughs) board, cutting board. You know, that, ooh, you know, instead of like, we sort of forget that we have the ability and these incredible minds God gave us and this incredible heart to love in this creativity that we're wired with mm-hmm. to think and be creative and be a little bit outside the yeah. box about what somebody might love. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I, I hate to say this to you, but you're conspiring <laughs> when you do that. You have <laughs> joined the conspiracy, the conspiracy of saying we don't have to receive some of these messages and say, oh, so that's what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this in mm-hmm. sense of like, well, you're skipping Christmas, but it's, it's actually quite the opposite. It takes more, more thought and more, more intentionality behind it. And it makes it that much more powerful. The stacks of presents might've cost more, but it actually cheapens the, the value of what Christmas is for a family. For me, for so many others, as you begin to to enter into this, Christmas actually slows down that Christmas morning, even with Mm -hmm. little ones. And I understand three-year-olds, they, I get it. I love three-year-olds. I love the joy that you only see with the top. (laughs) But you will find throughout your days that Christmas morning actually kind of slows down. Mm. Because you want to pay attention to each other's gifts. 
And you're like, oh, wait, what's the story there? Ooh, wait, what is that? And what a gift that is. I I promise you, at the end of the day, you're like, wait, we actually are kind of, our hearts are full, which takes us right back to worship. Yeah. I mean, there's some courage. You got to have some courage to not conform to the pattern of the world. You know, there's just, that takes. Mm -hmm. That's right. That takes some courage and some faith and the thing we haven't experienced yet that we believe to be true. I want to shift a bit and, you know, I'm sure you've, this has been going on for years and you've probably talked to a lot of churches and a lot of individuals who've been doing this. Can you talk about some of the common pitfalls you've seen people um, sure. run into sure. as they've, you know, like, I want to do this or I feel like I should do this and, and just haven't been able to, to yeah. make it happen in their like, families. Like, like I like, experienced, right? On yeah. December 22nd when I was like, I'm doing so well until. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say both as a family, an individual, or even as a church, it's okay to start small. Start hmm. small. You know, we as Americans just love to swing from one extreme to another on something. And, and you know, <laughs> I would just say this, point. Eric, as, as a pastor, I try to coach young pastors all the time on as God is leading you, as the Spirit is just nudging you and going, hey, this is the direction we're going. Understand that your people are going to, they're going to need to catch up with you on this. Sometimes, we, we take our churches in like this direction because this was the book we read. And then sure. this is, oh yeah, this is the, this is the, uh, it's okay to start small. It's okay to, to teach about this and to say, does this make sense? Mm. And maybe, maybe it's this year we're going to do X and this year we're going to do this, but maybe next year it becomes a little bit more. You'll find that it starts to catch traction and people start to help each other with ideas. So I would say starting small is not a bad thing yeah. at all. The first time you did this, when you when you first kind of did this with your co-conspirators, maybe this was my own mind incorrectly assuming it was an all or nothing kind of cold turkey shift, but maybe it wasn't the way you're mm-hmm. describing like baby stepping this a bit. What we did was we just left the invitation open to how is God nudging you mm. as, as a group, as, as a church, as leadership, and even really corporately when it comes to like the Christmas offering. So we prayed this through and said, one of the really drastic things that we did was we just said, so we're going to do this and we will take our Christmas offering. And we are vowing, unless you otherwise indicate it, it's all leaving the building. We're not going to use the Christmas offering to you know, catch up on budget Mm -hmm. disparities or Mm -hmm. anything else. We are going to celebrate this. The love all offering is going to happen. And so we're inviting you into this. So that was a sort of a corporate thing where we all said we're doing that. But then as you want it to, then you figure out how you're going to play this out, which kind of gets to one of the pitfalls, honestly, which is nobody means to do this, but you can't get all condescending and prideful about, oh, look mm. at us. Well, we did. Oh, wait, you gave your kids how many gifts? Well, now we do I, Christmas well, this now, way. <laughs> exactly. And uh, let me tell you what that isn't. That isn't worshiping fully. Yeah. That is, you're, you're allowing the evil mm. one to kind of do his thing. And, and so now yeah. pride's entering yep. into this and we, and right. we divide and then shame and all of those things. That is not it. Yeah. So we're okay with people entering into this. Our church, for instance, has people along the, kind of the spiritual mm. spectrum of, you know, longtime believers and people who are buying their first Bibles. Okay, well, guess what? They're going to hit this at different paces. Sometimes it has to do with ages. Sometimes it has to do with seasons of life. That's okay. 
but will you enter into this with us at some level? Mm -hmm. So I think one of the pitfalls is you jump in, you, you push yourself in too fast and say, oh, well, we got to do this, and we got to do this, and we got to do this. Mm. Uh, I was being silly earlier, but sometimes people go, well, I got to make all of my mm. gifts now. <laughs> well, good luck with that. I mean, I can't. Uh, Tara, when you were saying God's made us creative, you find over the years how, as you lean into this, that creativity gets sparked right. and you get inspired mm -hmm. by somebody else. Mm. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. They did that last year. I'm not going to do that. But it mm. reminded me, and I think mm. I can do this. And so you get mm. better at it. And uh, it's okay to it's okay mm -hmm. to take your time. We want this to be worshipful. Mm. We don't want this to be another way to stress mm. about Christmas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those would be some of the, the the common things is you don't want you don't want to it's okay to start slow. Please don't play the comparison game. And and don't put yourself in a place where it's like, okay, I have to make all of these gifts or they have to look like this or they have to look like that. Sometimes the the simplest gifts are profound. Mm. Just mm. profound. I remember a grandma who received a mason jar full of little construction paper yeah. notes. And when you look at it, you're like, well, I don't know. What is that? Well, when she opens it up, her instruction was you get to open up one of these every day of the year, Nana. And what were those? Those were notes from her granddaughters. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember when you used to walk me around the lake and we fed the ducks. Mm -hmm. Nana, I love that salad that you make, dot, dot, dot. And it's just one little thing every day. And so you tell me, yeah, how beautiful is that to that Nana? Yeah. So they don't have to be these huge elaborate yeah. gifts. That's, you know, it's coming back to the kids, you know, is so interesting because, you know, Terry, you brought up the point that they have no other option. Like kids don't have money to spend on things often. So <laughs> their gifts are like that. And like what, what happens during our maturity where that goes away, you know, with so many other things in faith, I think we could make this argument, but around this yeah. specific topic around gift giving at Christmas time, yeah. like at what point, what, what brings a person back to childlike faith when it comes to, right. you know, childlike gift giving? You know, I've, I've kind of been goofing on the, the, the conspiratorial part of this, but let's just say this out loud. The older you get, the deluge, mm -hmm. just pay attention to the marketing that is happening Whatever screen time you have, mm -hmm. however you consume that, uh, the deluge of marketing and what is the message? Like I wrote about mm -hmm. it in the book and I'm sorry to say mm -hmm. it is still out there. These commercials where, honey, I got you a car and it's got a bow and it's <laughs> on out. Oh, you know what? I got you a car and it's in the driveway too. Who does that? I don't know. I've always wondered that. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> and, and yet that message gets, it gets, it sneaks into our thoughts. But if that's you out there, that's okay. Yeah, right. If you've given We'd a call, feelings on all yeah, that. that's great. <laughs> but but, but you, you know what I'm saying though? That gets, mm. that leaks into our thoughts of, oh goodness. Yeah. So I guess people really do that. Well, I can't do that, but I'm going to have to up my game this year to show her that I love her. And if, if we're not careful, we start believing some of this. Yeah. Instead of just saying, no, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do what God has called me to do, inspired yeah. me to do. I want to express this love to someone. It doesn't necessarily mean, like we were joking, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, gift giving in, in oh large goodness, amounts of no. money even. But like what you're saying is the thought and the, the true kind of meaning behind a gift is what's way more important than the dollar yeah. amount on a yeah. gift. 19% of Americans 
apparently don't like the gifts that they're given. So we're like almost at one fifth of the gifts that we're giving. So just take one out of every five gifts around the tree and we're missing Mm. on that. Okay. How about this? One in five Americans go into debt at Christmas time. I just want us to be aware that there may be a better way to do this. And, and when you begin to, to say, wait, I can still be Mm -hmm. generous. We're just finding an extraordinary generosity towards the least of these, which is really kind of that, the back end of this thing, which is so fun to see the amount of money, because that that is what we're leveraging yeah. here, the amount of money that is given to people who, for us, like for instance, who, who do not have mm-hmm. clean drinking water, and that just becomes a life-changing, like community-changing mm-hmm. gift. Yeah. But the generosity is extraordinary. So we absolutely celebrate mm-hmm. generous mm-hmm. gifts. When you were talking, Greg, about how, you know, as we get older and, you know, what we're exposed to just in terms of, of marketing, it's on our TVs, but it's just in our hands all the time on the phone also, you know, right. and you oh, kind of yeah. say to yourself, right. something comes across your screen because they know everything about you, which is freaky. And I can't even think about that, but it's like, I'm <laughs> yeah, like, that's okay, a different conversation, I don't isn't it? know how you're sending me an ad for something. I just talked to somebody about, I mean, it really kind of freaks you <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. But then no, all of a sudden right. you get an ad and you're like, Oh, I could just click. And then I could just click three times. And then, oh, yeah, that's a great point. My gift for that person is done. I don't have to worry about it. Yep. I don't have to worry about the time. I don't have to worry about thinking about it. I don't have to worry about sh- the shipping and all that kind of stuff. Like it just, yeah. I think that's the other, you know, there's, there's, there's the conspiracy of all the people that make us want to buy all the crap too. Yeah. Right. And they're yeah. like, we're conspiring, get you to do this. It's just constantly right. on your phone this way that tells you, you can save a, save a few minutes and take care of that. And Ooh, I just don't have to worry about it anymore. But what are the gifts you remember? Right? I remember those thoughtful gifts from growing up. Yeah, you just described the converse of this because in that moment, and I've done it. I mean, we've all done it. But what you just described was I'm spending yeah. more, but I'm essentially giving yeah. less. Cause I didn't think yeah. about that at all. It was just a it was just a one click. There it was. Okay, good, done. We're not necessarily saying, okay, so you've got to just go around just being this sort of combatant against all of this and just be on edge and okay i'm not Mm -hmm. suggesting that what i'm actually saying is that when you consciously talk to your family about this and everybody just says oh no let's do this watch how just watch how you're a little bit more relaxed about it all it's like these these messages bombard you and there's a little bit of an antidote now to this where you're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, I see that's what some people do, but this is what we're doing. And it's just really cool to have an alternative. And so as a family, maybe to go back to another question you'd asked earlier, Eric, was maybe one of the pitfalls you don't want to get into is you got to talk mm. to people about this. You mm. Please don't yeah. like throw this on them Christmas morning and go, hey, by the way, you know, no, it, it's really cool to get the buy-in from the family um, early on and people go, Oh, okay. So that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, which is really sweet. Yeah. And your various circles, you know, to be, to be truly understood in what your motivation is here, you got to communicate it, you know, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, they came to me last week and we've talked about this before and just said, because we're aligned in this thinking is just, okay, instead of like all the gifts and the gifts for the kids and everything this year, like, because part of my job is 
serving in our lo- managing the ministries that serve in our local community and is do you know a family you know that we could do a project mm. for and this had come off the heels of us doing a project for a, an amazing grandma who had who had adopted her seven grandchildren and it was kind of one of those like c- could we do this as a whole family for another family yeah as opposed to yeah. doing mm-hmm. that we get gifts for those kids you know maybe we we have a a limit we each spend $50 or you know $20 on each other or something like that come up with something creative right. but like that's what you know that's what we do for christmas and it it i think it takes a community of of people like minded to say like we can do this cuz i remember with the advent conspiracy right. yeah. it was like when you get to that december 22nd and it's like oh my gosh i just you have somebody to call <laughs> And say like, tell me not to push by. <laughs> tell me, tell, tell <laughs> right. me not to go to the big right. box with the stores inside of it. Help me, you know. But when you yeah. plan ahead, I think it takes that or have that creative idea. Like, oh, we're all going to paint the house for this incredible low-income family, you know, on the 18th. Then we know, you know, it kind of keeps that that temptation away. I love the community aspect of that. That's it. That's it. We do this together. Right, right. That's exactly right. As we come on to the end of our time, I, I kind of wanted to to linger a little bit more on the first tenant. You know, I know the the last tenant is the love all is the the kind of outward facing one, but you know, I think it's easy to gloss over and look, you know, forget the the reason is it's a worshipful invitation. You know that, that we have this whole conspiracy. It's it, there and there's freedom in it. I, let's just linger on that that first tenant. Is there anything else you'd say about bringing it back to worshiping fully? as a motivation for, for this conspiracy? I think there are so many obvious connections that you can make between this, just the beautiful insights that you, that you, you guys are sharing and you can just see it sparking with the Christmas story. And so anytime, you know, with, with our folks that we just can connect those dots, you get these little aha moments. It's like, Oh yeah, of course. The incarnation, mm. of course, that's what we're celebrating. Wait, mm. you're telling me me giving my presence, not mm-hmm. spelled with a T, but with a C. Yeah. You're, my giving my presence is this profound gift to you. Yeah, you're actually, it's mm. incarnational, man. You're, you're, and and can we just say post pandemic how much we are longing mm. for each other's presence? Yeah, and and so. You know, you you start to make those connections, and you see that you're entering the story, really, with him. And I, that's where Jesus meets me is when I'm now entering into this with him. And that's when the Spirit really just begins to go, "Hey, did you see what's going on there? You see what's happening? You see what I'm doing there?" And now, now I'm worshiping. Now there's this, "Oh, wow, God, thank you, thank yeah. you." So there's that. And can we just say it? But it begins to stir up this gratitude. Mm. To go back to that gift with my wife, the gratitude that happens. Now she's thanking God for the gift of a relationship with her mom, who would be that thoughtful. Mm. She's thanking God for the gift of the relationship with her father that was given to her. You start to just worship God because there is this gratitude that's being mm. cultivated. Yeah, And I'm going to tell you what, for me, I see that as one of the... It, that is an that is an essential practice that we who follow Jesus need to be in these days. We need to be doing that mm-hmm. on a regular basis. You know, I, I I wrote in another book, and I was quoting a guy by the name of Alex Korb, who is this neuro 
psychologist out of UCLA, and he's and he talks a lot about gratitude and how it actually begins to change the neuroanatomy of your brain mm. when you do this. And there is this thing about us just getting into a better habit of this. And the scriptures invite us to this mm. again and again. Mm. I just can't think of a better time of year than the Advent season to be grateful and constantly drawn back to this Jesus whom we didn't deserve. And yet he entered the story for me? Come on, if I could settle in on that, the rest of this starts to make sense. That's the point. That's the point of all this. Is there anything else you'd share before we wrap us up? First of all, thank you. And I just love what you guys are doing. And just thanks. Thanks for letting us share some of these stories. Thanks for encouraging folks to consider this. And if there's anything we can do to help, I know you were going to put it in the show notes, but you just let us know. And there are ways to contact us. When you were mentioning that we all need you know, community, well, I would say it's even beyond our circle of friends. What we're finding is other churches are encouraging other churches. And you know, when you just start to realize, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a church from, uh, from Sao Paulo, Brazil, I think next week, same thing, huh. just going, hey, we are doing the Advent conspiracy. I don't know how you say it in Portuguese, <laughs> but we're doing it as well. And to just be reminded mm. that the kingdom of God wraps yeah. around the planet. Yeah. I would just say, just let us know how we can encourage you guys. And I'll bet you there will be ways that mm. you can encourage others. So mm. just thank you. Thanks for, thanks for, jumping into yeah. this with us. Well, thank you, Greg. It's been a pleasure to, to speak with you today. I'm grateful that God inspired you to put words to this, to put words to this feeling, but then, you know, and then to say, hey, here's a way you can think about it differently, to wake up in January with a different feeling. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So let me say this before y'all leave. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Just <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas may, to you. may your Christmas be filled with worship and joy and may God just just shock you with just sweet moments. Oh, so good. Yes. So good. And I just want to like bottle that feeling right, right. now. Like I feel like I can do it. Right? <laughs> like yes. I can make these choices to right. not like give in to those things. So, oh, thank you so yeah. much for listening. And yeah. I hope you feel as passionately and are banging the table like I am right now. <laughs> we are going to do this this December. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I want to share a quote from the book for those of you who haven't read it yet. And, and I feel really encapsulates the vision well for this Advent conspiracy. Um, so the author's right. This is not about anger, disgust, or guilt about how Christmas has been co-opted. It's about entering the story of Jesus more deeply with a desire to worship more fully. Mm. It's not enough to say no to the way Christmas is celebrated by many. We need to say yes mm -hmm. to a different way of celebrating. I just love that that is so freeing. It's not condemning about you so know, freeing. the ways we have celebrated Christmas mm -hmm. and, and kind of the guilt of mm -hmm. that. So in this last stretch toward Christmas, um, we pray that you and yours would experience more joy more life and more abundance of God. If you are inspired by this conversation and you want to participate in this notion of giving more, be part of the conspiracy. There's a number of fantastic organizations you can throw your support behind this Christmas season. We'll put links in the show notes to our Capital Cares partners who are doing some very important work in the kingdom. And so check out those and, and pray about whether or not God's kind of nudging you to divert some of your yeah. Christmas spending, some of your, your financial resources and some different directions. Yeah. And 
finally, a housekeeping note for you all. We're going to take a short break over Christmas on the podcast. We won't air a new episode on December 15 or January 1st, but we're looking forward to returning with some more content for you on January 15th. So tune in with us again then. In the meantime, we love you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.